Welcome, Bears fans. Uh, today we will be spraying bear scat at the game. Uh, we'll be looking at some of the better players. And uh, then we'll, of course, preview next game. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. Thank you again for tuning in. Uh, a couple of quick reminders. You can find us on Twitter at bears underscore scat. Uh, and you can also find the podcast recording on both the Apple Podcast app and Spotify. Uh, so tell your friends, because we always appreciate everybody tuning in to listen to what we have to say about the Bears. And unfortunately, this week, it's another loss. Yep. But with the Bears, I always talk about it, it seems like anytime they win a game, it's kind of like a win that feels like a loss, it seems. <laughs> this one, I guess, kind of feels a little bit opposite of that. It was a loss, and it was ugly in certain parts, but... Justin Fields plays played really well, and this was the first game I think that you've yep. seen some tangible, noticeable improvements from him. So I'm taking that as a victory, even though the final score didn't go our way. I was really encouraged by the way Fields played. Agreed. Um, it, you know, it, it, was, it was it was his fifth game, so the fact that we have somebody out there who is the noticeable leader of the team, who is directing traffic right pretty good vision of the field too uh that's something that you know trubisky really lacked um man showing off the arm uh really no arm behind bears center since jay cutler with that kind of with that kind of power uh really on that um on that end zone touchdown pass uh off his whatever foot (laughs) that was awesome (laughs) and 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 threading the needle uh, about as about as hard as you can, uh, brilliant, right? Puts it really only where the receiver could make the play on it. Um, it, it I think I think it's going to grow. And and we also uh, we were talking about this. Uh, we saw an uptick again in uh, Cole Sheehan. I mean Cole Komet, <laughs> and uh, he really he really looked fairly solid right uh he he was noticeable right um uh, mooney continues to shine where is alan robinson yeah that one's a mystery to me too i haven't really heard a good answer for why robinson just hasn't been involved in the offense at all i don't know if it's a chemistry issue or if he's uh disgruntled is it just general malaise maybe it's general malaise maybe the Bears know he's not going to be here, so they're not designing up plays for him. It's kind of a bizarre, uh, a, a bizarre situation, just because he's so far and away the best receiver on the team from a talent stamp- standpoint. You just haven't seen him, but I mean, I guess there's maybe just a whole lot going on there that kind of adds up into him just not being as big of a part of the offense as we're used to. But uh, it's frustrating. Obviously, something more than just um, he's not open. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's something uh, underlying that's going on there. And, you know, obviously fans are not privy to everything, uh, but they're keeping a, a tight lid on it. I don't understand, um, even from the money aspect, because he's getting paid $18 million this yeah. year. So it's not like he's playing for chump change, you know. And so, the and yes, I... I think they handled it wrong. I think we've been pretty clear about that. But it is, you know, it's not going to change anything. Um, there has been some calls out there uh, to trade him. But today was the tra- trade deadline, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Trade deadline has come and gone and he was not traded. Yeah, I was a bit surprised by that because I think you're probably looking now at a playoff picture that is slowly but surely squeezing the Bears out. Yeah. But uh, Squeezed I out. think, yeah, for <laughs> whatever reason, whether it's because Pace is trying to win as many games as it can, or maybe they think that there is still some hope of a long-term extension, they, they didn't move him, maybe there's just no demand, honestly, he hasn't played very well and he's making a ton of money, Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's going to be weird seeing him uh, kind of go through, it, it, it would just be really unfortunate if, it, if, if, it's, if the rest of the year is just kind of him sleepwalking through the last nine games, and then, and then he walks away for nothing, I, I hope that's not what happens even though that's kind of where it seems like it's heading it it certainly does and it really makes you wonder um you know where his mind is i mean since he's come to the team he has always seemed like a 
a first base competitor, right? I don't care if I hit it to short. I'm still going to run through it, right? He's always seemed like that. And now, I don't know. There just doesn't seem to be any any pep, any energy there. Um, certainly not when you compare it to Mooney. Mooney looks like he's playing uh, playoff football at times. He looks like he genuinely wants to be the man. I just don't know whether I'm sold on him being a one. I don't think so. I think he's a good two. I would honestly probably prefer him as kind of your three even, but you're right. He's been playing really well with Fields, and they seem to have developed a connection. I mean, Fields has found Mooney on third and longs a few times in the recent games, so that's encouraging to see. I mean, you'll take all the good young players on the roster that you can get, right, especially when the Bears are in such a bad uh, situation from a salary cap perspective. Right. So it's encouraging to see Mooney. It's looking like another good find from Ryan Pace late in the draft, so throw him a parade for that one, even though he <laughs> can't find anybody in the first few rounds uh, other than potentially Fields finally. I, I, don't, I don't think very many people are attending that parade. So <laughs> No. But, uh, yes, so um, overall, you know, we're not going to hammer the game. I mean, there's no, there's no reason to. But I think everybody I talked to seemed like, in general, they were pleased with what happened with Fields. Uh, they're pleased with the overall direction that he's going. Uh, commentators were talking about a little bit about how he uh, his growth is really starting to shine. I don't think that that can be ignored. Uh, he definitely needs help, uh, help in the worst way. And hopefully this uh, this time, because I'm one of those people, I, I I was never of the opinion that Cutler had all the tools around him to win. I I, I just I'll never buy into that. Uh, his his tackles were uh, were for the most part not very good. Certainly his left his left tackles and really his wide receiver core uh, mostly forgettable. So you know the the thing is is that you got to look at you got to look at Fields and the comparison is too blatant. Yeah, I I was really happy because. You know, how often with, like, Cutler or with Trubisky did you see something go poorly for them and then it just kind of snowballed and all of a sudden they're yeah. walking around like Eeyore with a rain cloud over their head, right? <laughs> like, with Fields, he was coming off his worst game probably Oh, Eeyore. Yeah, cer- certainly his worst game as a pro and probably his worst game ever with the five turnovers against Tampa and just being completely outclassed as a team. Uh, so for him to show up and to... Rebound from that, not look like he had any sort of ill effects whatsoever, and to play really well on Sunday, it was really encouraging to see. And, you know, it's it's just, we've talked about on this podcast how really the only thing to evaluate with this team because of how bad the roster is, is how well Justin Fields is developing. And I think this was a really uh, good sign, even though the Bears didn't end up winning the game. So I was happy to see it. Yeah, and um, th- now what we need to see is more... Uh, continuous drives, um, more more explosive plays. Wow, did we get our ass kicked on explosive plays uh, for the umpteenth week? I think we've only won that maybe once, um, which is uh, that's interesting because um, uh, when I first started reading about that at the beginning of the year, the explosive plays thing, that's really become like the buzzword of the NFL. Uh, it's no longer. Uh, three, uh, you know, three straight runs in a cloud of dust. You can't get away with that stuff anymore. You can't get away with the bleed the cock offense anymore. It's, it's, and maybe twelve. I, I will give some credit. Maybe twelve is part of that, right? Um, actually, both twelves for that matter. The one in Green Bay and the one in Tampa Bay. Maybe they're, maybe they're both part of that because they both have been experts. When it comes to explosive plays, they both have been, you give me eight seconds left and I'm going to make a bite. So that's maybe that's uh, the general direction of of the NFL. And it looks like we've got a guy who can do that, but he has to have people around him. Yeah, that's what I was just uh, thinking, right, is I don't really know if this offense has the ability to generate a bunch of explosive plays. In a Not row. right now. Everybody can find one every once in a while, but... We know the offensive line is not good, so you don't have a ton of time to even let those routes develop down the field. 
and the every receivers, pig finds finds a truffle. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, the the receivers too. We just talked about Allen Robinson. I haven't been able to figure out what's going on with him. Mooney looks good, but a lot of his passes are shorter. Uh, quicker developing routes, and then we've got this other cast of characters behind those two at wide receiver that I don't know if we're ever really going to see them be a significant part of the offense. So I think people are waiting on a breakout from Justin Fields. That's kind of like what you think about when you think Pat Mahomes or Lamar, where they get you know 400 yards passing and four touchdowns. I don't know if that's really in the cards with this offense, unless maybe we're talking about the second game against the Lions. Uh, so yeah. I think you have to really watch the quarterback and evaluate whether or not you're seeing the development that way as opposed to just looking at the box score, unfortunately, because I just don't know if that's ever going to materialize with the talent on this offense. How about a shout-out to Grand Marquis, not win, for actually catching a pass. (laughs) (laughs) And Khalil Herbert's had some nice long runs, too. Yes, that's a perfect transition. Um, we got to give a huge shout-out to the... Air Bear. That's what I guess. That's what the okay. that's the new that's the new uh, the new term for him. I like it. Um, I like it. Yeah. And you know, I, I was uh, I was saying to you on Sunday, um, I feel like he could supplant Montgomery. And from what I've seen of him versus what I've seen from Montgomery, I think he should. Uh, he I think he is a much better downhill runner. Um, I think that his vision right there at the line is at least equal to Monty. Monty might have a couple of bit more shifty kind of moves, but I don't know whether that benefits Monty as much as we hope it will because uh, the thing was is that on Sunday what I kept seeing was, uh, was Herbert not getting tackled behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and... I, I, I mean, you're always going to need more than one running back. It's pretty rare sure. in the NFL that a running back even plays 16 games or 17 games now in, in one year, let alone consistently. It's just an injury-prone position. But it seems like we've got the makings of a very nice running back room going forward. And, you know, Herbert is just going to continue developing. I mean, he's only a rookie as well. So as he continues to develop and earns more trust, yeah, I mean, later this year we might see him and Monty splitting uh, – carries when, Mont- when Montgomery comes back. Um, I think that's a really you know, bright spot of the offense is the running back room, which is funny because we've been complaining for three years about how Matt Nagy never runs the ball. <laughs> so the fact that that's probably the biggest position of strength on the roster is not necessarily something I was expecting going into the year, but it's it's good to see for yes. sure. You'll take it. Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, we, we had a, a Craig Knoll appearance. Um, uh, you know, that, that's He's the out thing. there. <laughs> He's running around. Yeah, he was, he was running around on, on, on Sunday. And, you know, I think that that is, um, that's a good transition. We, we wanted to talk a little bit, um, and, and not be, not be the doom and gloomers. Um, even though I am very excellent at that. And we wanted to talk about, you know, some of the bright spots on the, on the team. And, you know, obviously we just talked about fields and we talked about the running group. Uh, that is a, that is a, a nice position. Um, I think we should see something start to come out of the tight end group. Um, it does look like Komet is starting to get things together. Uh, Jesse Johnson is a nice surprise, Jesse, right? Jesse James. Or Jesse James, yeah, Jesse James. And, um, you know, just between those two. And then um, Horstead has shown that he's got a little bit of flair. Um, of course, that one guy. What was that other guy's name that used to play for the team? Oh, wait, he's still on the team. What is that guy's name? Uh, oh, anyway, so, so, uh, some other seeing, guy. I remember seeing somebody running around last year, but <laughs> it's uh, been so long since we've seen anybody of that size or stature producing on the field that I, I don't really remember. The, 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 salary, cla- the salary cap suck hole. So, um, yeah, I mean, other than that. But I, I, I do think um, I have been a huge critic of Komet, um, and he still hasn't won me over. But he does seem to have a solid rapport with Fields. And uh, other than that, um, one terrible uh, try at a basket catch in the end zone. Um, otherwise, he, he seems to be playing up decently. 
Yeah, I mean, he, he looks all right. There's still times where it looks a little bit awkward. It looks like Kellen Davis or one of those guys that just doesn't always look like they have you know, been trained as an athlete to be a good pass catcher. What but, about a Ryan wet night? Man, I mean, you know, there's been plenty of bad tight ends as we go through recent Bears history. But I, I think as each week goes by, you're seeing Komet get more targets, and it does never seem like he's going to be... Hey, remember like that a, time when we drafted that guy that's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame, and then we gave him away for a third-round pick? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't... It, with Komet, right? I mean, it doesn't seem like he's going to be that explosive, pass-catching tight end, like, you know, when you think of Travis Kelsey or George Kittle or something like that, which is disappointing because you took him early up in the draft, so you'd hope for a little bit more, but he's been playing better, and you hope he kind of develops into that nice, solid, dependable tight end that yeah. is at least a, a solid starter for the next you know, 10 years or so. Yeah, he needs to be, for what they drafted him, he needs to be 50, 40 to 50 balls a year. You know, I mean, really. Yes. And uh, I, I say, you know, six to eight touchdowns. Um, he, he's got to be more. Um, now... Uh, we, we have seen some growth, which is good. Uh, but, yeah, definitely uh, got to see more. Um, so uh, the, other, uh, the other spot, I think, um, that is worth uh, mentioning is the interior of the line. Now, uh, now, the line, we all know, is still a discombobulated mess. But there is some promise in there, right? Yeah. But we do have to stop for a second. Was Cody Whitehair on drugs? <laughs> what, what was wrong with him? Did somebody hit him in the head with a bat before the game? He hasn't been good this year. Right? I mean, did did he drink a gallon of Cuervo before he went on the field? What happened? I mean, the guy was a walking disaster area on Sunday. I, I don't know. He was a one man wrecking crew. I don't, and, and I'm talking about wrecking the team, not wrecking a player. <laughs> yeah, he had a couple of bad penalties for sure. And I just, I, I mean, he, he, and then at the same time, every time the camera was on him, he looked like he was like, um, yeah, I don't know exactly what I'm doing out here. Is today Sunday? You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what the deal was, but. Um, yeah, he was, uh, he had his head firmly up, but yeah, offensive line is generally a spot where if you're noticing somebody during a game, it's probably for a bad reason. And he was on camera way too often on Sunday. That's, that's for sure. I mean, <laughs> that might've been like a record for him actually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially, I mean, he's, he's the most tenured bear on that line by far. Right. So you want you want to see a little bit more from him because it's not like he's too old. He should still be uh, in that prime of his career. But yeah, it, it's been a rough watch for him a couple times this year. He wasn't good against Tampa Bay either. I mean, nobody was, I guess. So yeah. you don't want to call him out for that. But yeah, Sunday there were some more mistakes, and you got to get it cleaned up, man. With this offense, there's such a small margin of error that you can't have bad penalties. You can't have completely blown assignments that lead to fields getting hit right away i mean yeah. you gotta you gotta you gotta play a near perfect game when you've got this level of talent on the offense so seeing mistakes like that from one of the veterans uh margin not, not for great. error like capsule re-entering the atmosphere <laughs> <laughs> but no I, I the only reason i wanted to, to call out the interior line is obviously they are part of that running game right and so they are doing some stuff down in the trenches but um it, it, you know, the, uh, of course, the outside continues to be a major problem. Uh, fields, uh, he, he just cannot keep getting sacked all the time like that. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that he has done a pretty good job of adjusting to that. Um, he seems to be actually getting more more pocket presence with each game. Yeah, no more Alex Bars trying to block Joey Bosa. <laughs> Or excuse me, Nick Bosa. Um, that, that, it, it, both of them are bad. That was brutal when they had Bars lined up as the sixth lineman. He lets Bosa completely cross his face. The right tackle, Larry Borum, who I actually thought played pretty well, but for whatever reason, Borum went inside to double team whichever defensive tackle. So it left Bars one on one with Bosa, and it was not good. <laughs> he was he was in Fields' lap right away, and he actually did sack him there. It ended up not really mattering because the next play there was illegal hands to the face against the 49ers. So it was an automatic first down. But enough with the 
asking bad offensive players to block elite pass rushers one on one. Figure it out. Juan Castillo or Sam Mustafer or Cody Whitehair. I don't know who's calling out the blocking assignments on the line, but figure it out because the Bears this year have just gotten absolutely killed by elite pass rushers. And I understand that's what those guys are paid to do, but when it's up against the Bears, it's just like all game long. You just see these breakdowns in protection, and it's like, let's get it figured out, guys. Come Something um, has to change. Uh, and um, I think it's got to start with the coach. Um, we're not, uh, I don't feel like beating the uh, let's fire the whole uh, coaching staff uh, horse right now, even though I probably do think we should fire the whole coaching staff. Yeah, I wouldn't complain. But, um, but yeah, uh, we've got to see a higher level of play out of these players. Um, other teams around the league, uh, or of course we our, our O-line could be the Vikings. Well, maybe <laughs> it is the Vikings O-line right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, so we've got one good young receiver uh, in Mooney. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm just thinking about... Uh, the receiving core. I suppose you could, um, you could look at. Uh, <laughs> actually, what are we looking at when it comes to that? That's the thing is that you look at the you look at the rest of the receiving core, and it's there's just really nothing there. No, and so that's an overall theme when we talk about the Bears is that the most valuable asset that you can have is a quarterback on his rookie deal because. The quarterbacks' contracts, once they get past that first contract, eat up such a significant portion of your salary cap that you have to end up uh, making sacrifices in other spots of your roster. That's why you see the Chiefs and the Ravens going all in when Mahomes and Lamar Jackson are on their rookie deals, right? And so with the Bears, the unfortunate thing is that Ryan Pace has made such a mess of the salary cap, not only this year, but next year, too. And the receiving core. I mean, because it's not like he hasn't tried to throw players in there. Well, there's been plenty of bad wide receiver signings for sure. But, you know, you need to start thinking of a plan to, while we have fields on a rookie contract, which lasts four years, how do we get talent on the other parts of this roster? And, you know, you might say, hey, next year, throw a bunch of money at Devontae Adams or something like that. But the problem is the salary cap is already in such a bad spot. I don't know that they can necessarily invest that significant of a cap hit in a new receiver. No. So it's like, do you keep Robinson, or do you try to build through the draft, or do you try to make it work with maybe some more secondary free agent signings, right? And I don't know that there's really a good answer yeah, to like any of those. So. Marquise Goodwin or Demir well, Bird. Yeah, you need, you, need a tier, <laughs> you need a tier above that, for sure. Otherwise, we're looking at the 2017 Bears with Kendall Wright as the leading receiver, right? So, you know, it's it's going to be a challenge because, you know, you've, you've got limited resources as it is, and you've got a big hole there. And that's a position that, A, I'm not typically a big fan of taking, of using up high draft picks on receivers, but you might not have a choice unless you're going to, you know, just further – make make further cuts on other parts of the roster to try to sign another guy to replace Robinson. And, you know, even that's never a guarantee, right? So it's a bad uh, state of affairs in the Bears wide receiver yeah. room for sure. Um, I'm not I'm not a big fan of that either. I don't like using a high pick on uh, receivers. Um, it, it tends to not work out. Uh, now, it, it, however, there is there has been a, a big shift uh, the last decade and that is, you're seeing huge crops of receivers now coming out of college because the passing game has become so prevalent, even in peewee football, mm-hmm. right? I mean, everybody's throwing the ball now. So you got to have guys to catch it. And so maybe as little as 10 or 15 years ago, a guy that would probably be a first or second round pick might be available in the third or fourth, just like Mooney, right? I mean, Mooney's uh, only knock was that he uh, he was a small school product, right? Um, but it was, certainly wasn't his performance as far as uh, in the forty. I mean, his his speed. I think uh, I think maybe he was a little thin on um, uh, as far as weight was concerned, but that doesn't seem to have bothered him at all. So. 
uh, as you said, that was in the treasure trove of that of that four to four to six range that uh, Pace seems to have a talent of mining. But uh, there has to be uh, it, it's going to have to be a, a dual headed a, a dual attack, uh, both from the draft and from free agency. Uh, and yeah, they're going to have to probably bend at some other places so that they can do that. So that also brings us to, um, you know, what, the, so the salary cap, as you mentioned, it, I think all the Bears fans know, it's maybe in the most dire situation, literally in the history of the Bears. Yeah, and it's important to explain when we talk about the cap. The NFL's salary cap rules are very weird. So a lot of times what teams will do is they'll basically prorate signing bonuses. So they'll end up paying a player more up front, and that allows you to defer a cap hit into a later year. But the problem is when you release or cut or trade that player, any deferred money on that player accelerates, right? So like Jimmy Graham's a good example, right? Yeah, you still owe the money. Yeah, exactly. This this year, his cap hit was originally, I think, going to be $10 million or something like that. We'll just use that as a nice round number. The Bears... Uh, pulled some magic with the salary cap and pushed some of that money into future years. And likely he won't be on the team next year, but that means the Bears... Nine million. He got a nine million dollar deal. Is that it? Okay, so so next year Graham won't be playing here, but he'll count his dead money towards next year's cap. Absolutely. And so best practice is always to try to avoid doing that, but sometimes when you've made so many bad decisions, you don't have a choice but to try to kick the can down the road a little bit. And right now, that's really coming home to roost with Ryan Pace because I think the Bears already have something like $40 million of dead salary cap money Mm -hmm. next year. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be a major problem when you're trying to fill in the holes on this roster. And as we've talked about each week, there's plenty of holes to fill, right? Yeah, and for all you fans out there that were uh, big proponents of getting Nick Foles uh, a couple of years ago, um, you should should be really listening close here because... He's the worst violator of this. His deal was stupid, and uh, the Bears are going to really pay for it. Uh, not that they already haven't been, but they're going to be paying for it big time next year. Also, um, a, you know, Mac had, was a was a very good, uh, if not great, acquisition, but uh, he should have been for what they had to pay for him. He he cost a ton of money. And not to mention, um, you know, uh, draft picks too. Uh, so, and there's uh, that's uh, uh, along with all of this fans is that um, you know the team looks like it it could be uh, in you know the top five teams and losses, right? You know, uh, and that means that well, oh, okay, we're going to get a great draft pick. Mm, no, we're not because we had to trade that last year. So. Uh, will be our first pick is most likely not going to be until the high second round. Uh, and uh, I, I think right now is what uh, if you're if you're a draft nerd like I am, you can start looking at what will be available there uh, as far as tackle because that's uh, agreed that's one of the top things and receiver. Uh, and then cornerback, I think, are the the top three areas that they're going to have to look at. Um, oh, and I, I did see that uh, Fuller isn't working out so well. Kyle Fuller isn't working out so well in Denver. So no. <laughs> yeah, that's a little weird, actually. And we've been really hard on on pace for a couple of things. Um, one of them is Fuller, and to your point, he's been awful. Denver was actually looking to trade him at the trade deadline, and they couldn't find any suitors. But also Leno is another one that people have kind of picked on. And if you look at Leno's number compared to Peters, Peters has been a much better player this year than Charles Leno. Yeah. And he's significantly cheaper. Um, but to, to kind of just hammer home the point on the salary cap, like the reason you have to fill in your roster with people like Justin Peters is like next year, for example. So Nick Foles has a $10.7 million cap hit if he makes the team. But if you cut him, his salary cap hit is still $8 million, right? Yeah. So there's plenty of places up and down the roster, right? Like Cleo Mack already, $27 million, yep. Quinn, $12 million, Goldman. And that's if you cut these guys, right? Yep. So if they play, it's even more of a hit against your salary cap. So Pace has just made a mess of it, and he's also been very 
liberal in doing what I was talking about earlier with uh, kind of kicking the can down the road. So it leaves you in a bad spot overall. Um, and it's just, you know, oh, you, he has you can... kicked that can to the other side of the damosphere. Well, because he's been here for so long. He's been, I mean, <laughs> to, the, Jeff... to the other hemisphere. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is ridiculous. Yeah, uh, I mean, and it's not uncommon that general managers will do that because they know that they only have a limited number of time. And if their team's not successful, then they're going to get fired. Like the Rams do this all the time too. So a couple of years from now, the Rams are going to be in a really bad state because they've, traded a bunch of draft capital and kicked a bunch of cap down the road. Right. But Pace has been here and he's been doing they this for so They have better pieces long. though. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. They just traded oh, for Bob I just Miller. needed to state the obvious. Yeah, no, for sure, man. I mean, like when you compare those two, I mean, we saw what happened the first game of the season, right? It but, was sad. You know, it, it's, it's just, uh, it's a challenge, right? Because Fields, like I said, is on his rookie deal and you only have that rookie deal for three more years after this one. But the, the Bears are limited in flexibility with what they can do because they've already kind of gone all in and they never won anything once they did, right? Yep. So now you're at, at this spot where you've the got the Foles deal. Oh, yeah, and well, and, and you know you've got you've got this spot where you've got these veterans that you paid huge sums of money to that aren't necessarily the player they used to be, and that's a really bad situation um, from a salary cap perspective. I do want to take a, I do want to uh, stop you just for a second there and point out. Um, I've got this question a couple of times, you know, why don't we trade Nick Foles and Nick, you know, we don't need him. And it's like, uh, I think what most people don't realize is that no one wants him, not because of his, not because he's a shabby quarterback, which he is a shabby quarterback, but simply because of this salary cap number that is associated with him. He has a huge amount of dead money attached to him. Nobody wants to to touch that. I mean, he's like Poison Ivy in the league right now. So that's why he's still on the team. That's why he will be on the team probably all the way to the end of the season. I don't see us doing anything with him. What do you think was dumber, signing Nick Foles to that contract, which the Jaguars did, or trading for Nick Foles? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you know what? And, and, and that's a close one. It really is. Yeah, it's like, because the thing is, is it's like... Everybody made fun of that deal. So you had that benefit <laughs> to know that everybody said that was the worst deal in the league. And then you went and got it. It's always good when you're arguing about whether or not you're dumber than the people that are running the Jaguars. <laughs> That's not a conversation you want to be in as an NFL executive. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, so that um, what, you, what, you've, what you've got is you've just got to look at the good young pieces that you have. Um, they're going to have to jettison some of this weight. They are going to have to eat uh, some some pretty big uh, holes. Uh, now, one thing that is uh, big is that the salary cap um, basically shrank in 2021 because uh, it didn't. It not only didn't stay even; it actually regressed because of COVID. Because yep. of COVID, so. Um, 2022 is shaping up to be a big jump because it's not going to take just the jump from 2021. It's going to be more like a jump from 2019 to 2020. It's going to be more similar to that. So your budget is going to see a jump back to zero. Let's call it zero. And then the increase over that as well. So we should see a really, uh, a really large jump in the salary cap, which will help. It'll help all the teams though. That's the thing. And not all the teams have, uh, the, the big minuses that we've already got on the, on the, on the table there. Uh, I mean, yeah. And I mean, you hope that what you're saying is true. I mean, league revenues are absolutely off the charts this year. The money that the NFL makes just from their media contracts alone could probably, you know, make make all of these owners millions of dollars before a single fan walks in the door of a stadium, right? Yeah. So the league's, you know, t- rebounded really well from COVID, so you hope that gets reflected in the salary cap. Oh, they still made a ton of money last year. Oh, with, well, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. but, you know, uh, and so you wonder, like, what, what are the most glaring holes on the roster? I mean, offensive line is obviously a big one. Um, you hope that with the two tackles that you drafted this year, that they're both successful. And if you do But the have, chances of that? Well, with the Bears track record, bad. Yeah, I mean, not, that, not good. I, I'm not, I'm not one to bet on an offensive lineman coming off a rookie back surgery. That seems yeah. like... Yeah. A bad situation, but 
you know, you, so you hope maybe though, maybe you could at least fill in one spot on on one of the two tackles on the line, and then the interior of the line seems to be set at least for the next couple of years. Um, and then wide receivers, obviously the the next biggest place that they have to invest in, which we've talked about. And then, I mean, we haven't talked about the defense yet after uh, after, after that performance yeah. on Sunday. Uh, that was horrible. Not, not what you want to see. It's not. It's it's weird when, as a Bears fan, you're like, "Yeah, the quarterback played really well, but the defense sucked." Like we haven't really <laughs> said that very many times in our lives. But man, there, there's some there's some holes on that. Have defense. we said that in our lives? Um, I I think we've said it just like maybe a few times, maybe like a couple times with like yeah. Cutler, <laughs> but you know, not not something that's said often by Bears fans. I mean, you saw on Sunday how important Mac was too. I think. I mean. Without Mac out there, there there wasn't a ton of pressure on Garoppolo, and it seemed like they could really just move the ball at will. So I, I don't know if that's a reflection on coaching. I think it's more likely a reflection on the roster that Ryan Pace has assembled at this point because yeah. there's just not a lot of talent on that defense. And uh, you know, it's and Goldman is well, he's nowhere like to the, be found. Yeah, he's like the fifth biggest cap hit on the team, and you can't find him on Sundays. I think he made one play early on in the game that I wrote down that it was good that Eddie Goldman finally showed up. But after that, I mean, we're just getting gashed against the run week after week after week. And that's a reflection on interior line. It's a reflection on the linebackers. But, yeah, Goldman is somebody that you paid big money to. And at this point, you're not really getting any sort of return on that investment. Yeah, the um, the defensive line, you know, those, uh, those first three, four games looked, uh, well, not week one, but... Uh, the next, uh, certainly the next three games looked very solid. Um, however, uh, getting gashed on the run is, has been pretty much the whole year. Uh, you know, we've had this explosion on, on pass rush, which really hasn't helped the defense overall because the secondary is so weak. I mean, the 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 part that I feel so bad about with those guys with uh, Vildor and Christian and Shelley and whatever else guys they got back there is that it's just that those guys don't have what it takes to play their positions. Vildor he might be a number two uh, D back, but I don't think so. Yeah, he I a, think he's more like a really good nickel or dime. And I think actually in one of those spots, he'll be excellent. But man, he has been getting smoked. Yeah, he had a really rough game on Sunday. The last series of the first half when the Niners had the ball behind, you know, on the bear on, on the bare side of the field and they completed a 50-yard pass with like oh. 10 seconds left on the clock. It's that that can't happen. And Vildor is the one that got burned on that one. It he got was, burned a couple other times too. That was but brutal. Yeah, he he shouldn't be in the position he's in right now and you know, then that just has a trickle down effect, right? Because then Shelley's out there in the nickel when he probably shouldn't be there, and then you're throwing guys out there when you're in more sub packages that just shouldn't even be probably playing on an NFL roster. So the secondary is in very dire straits. Have we heard anything about Eddie Jackson's injury? Because um, he, he left on the second play of the game, and I haven't seen them make any comments. I might have missed it. But. Yeah, I haven't seen anything yet either. Uh, it certainly looked, um, like it's probably not going to be good. Uh, and I'm guessing that, you know, he's maybe a a couple of weeks, but, um, yeah, you know, he's, uh, it's been, it's, it's been a very big struggle for him this year. Now, uh, he still has looked somewhat decent just because his talent level is certainly better than most of the rest of the D-backs that we have. But that's not saying a whole lot when you look great again, you know, around a bunch of guys who obviously are too small or too slow or not experienced enough to be playing the position that they are. And we have a lot of that. Yeah, and I know a lot of Bears fans are probably going to reflexively say that losing Eddie Jackson isn't that big of a deal because he has made a lot of really bad press this year just because of his tackling issues. But I think not having him in coverage is going to make the secondary even more susceptible to Absolutely. Those explosive plays than it already is, right? The and fact that he wasn't out there on Sunday was evident. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the Niners had absolutely no fear of 
throwing the ball downfield. And they completed a lot of big plays, and that was probably the biggest reason the Bears ended up losing. I mean, you could talk there. There was also just the horrible screen pass that went for 80 yards. Oh. I mean, that was just a backbreaker. But wow, yeah, man. I mean, when we're talking about position, inept. Yeah. That that was the first word that came to my mind. Yeah, I mean, when we're talking about position groups that are playing well, I mean, the secondary is the opposite of that. And I, I don't think it's necessarily for lack of effort or bad coaching. I just think there's not a ton of talent back there on no. the Bears right now. I, I think that, to me, and I, I don't, I think I'm far from alone on this, is really the only player that is showing up in uh, every single week, um, sideline to sideline, is Roquan. Yep. Uh, Smith is just looking beastly this year. Um, even, even though the defense isn't very good, his numbers are still shining and, you know, he doesn't seem like, um, he doesn't come across as the numbers guy, right? Like, uh, the, the guy that has to shine above everybody. Um, he, he just seems like he's just always out there around it. Now, I mean, he's had some mistakes this year, but when you can, when you make as many plays as that guy, it's you can have some mistakes and it'll be like, okay, you know, we, we, you know, you got to work past that one next time. But wow. Uh, the, the rest, I, I just, I, I mean, Quinn is, it's a, is a nice story. Mac is a nice story. Um, that's when they're on the field. Yeah, that's about it. I mean, uh, like you said, Smith's playing at an all pro level. Mac and Quinn have been really good. I mean, they should be, you're paying them a ton of money. I don't have a ton of other positives to say about any individuals on the defense. I mean, there's there's guys that have played well in backup roles, right? Like we've talked about Travis Gibson. We've talked about Angelo Blackson. They're solid role players, but in terms of guys that are making game-changing, game-wrecking plays, there's not much of that happening right now on this defense. And do we have an interception yet in the secondary? I don't think so. Uh, I, I think yeah, – I actually don't think that we do. Uh, I, I don't I don't think so. Well, um – no, Jalen Johnson. Did has Johnson one. get one? Okay. Yeah, he, wasn't that in week one? Hey, it might have been. He's, he's, <laughs> I think it was in week one. Yeah, he's been really bad the last couple of weeks too. Yeah, he's, he's gotten burned for some bigger plays. Now, granted, uh, he is you know taking on the best that they've got, yeah. and he doesn't have really anything around him to help him. And he's in his uh, second year too. But so. yeah, and he's in his second year. But yeah, he does have to control some of that he does tend to get a little loose out there sometimes um you know you can tell he has that gunslinger uh attitude when he's out there playing um i'm pretty sure he's out there playing against those top wide receivers and saying i'm better than you you know and while i like that at a certain level you also have to curtail that and say you know, I need to make the solid play here rather than the splash. And I think he tends to look for the splash. Yeah, and I'd be interested to see, too, if the defense plays a little bit better when they're not on the field as often as the Bears ask them to be. I mean, this that's not necessarily a huge excuse this week, but it, it felt like the defense really wore down as the game went on, and maybe that was just with the injuries, too. But the 49ers only had nine points in the third quarter. I mean, they seemed to score at will late in the game, but, you know, you, you wonder if maybe they'd be more successful if there were more sustained drives by the offense. I mean, it's one of those things that's really hard to say, right? But um, it's been frustrating this year at times to watch them just because we're Bears fans, right? We're used to having that great defense. Yep. Um, and the defense is, is very mediocre this year at best. And, and, and you know, that's, um, that's something that actually has been a topic since the beginning of the year, at least in my mind, is I don't want that anymore. Yeah. Uh, I am not afraid to say it. The Monsters of the Midway, I'll love that name forever, but I don't want that anymore. I want us to be an offensive juggernaut because guess what? That wins. The, the the days, I we were just talking about this at the beginning of the show, is the days of, uh, you know, rumbling down the field three, five, eight yards at a, at a, at a, at a, at a piece is, is gone. That doesn't, that doesn't do it for you anymore. You've got to be able to spread the field. You've got to be able to make the defense back off. Uh, I mean, 
any any of the games that we've had this year, the defense is right on top of the offensive line. They're just right there. And there's no way that just you and I can see that, right? So they've got to make them back off. Now, I thought Fields, in the, especially in the first half, he did some of that. But he's still, I mean, until we can get that, some kind of consistency there, it's he's going to be running for his life. Yeah, he is. But, I mean, just kind of bringing this all full circle with, with Fields, right? Like, I, I was really happy this week just because, like, he's showing development in spite of all of the things that we've complained about every single week on this podcast, right? Whether it's, you know, not getting reps with the ones or not playing in preseason or incompetent coaching during the game or bad offensive line, bad receivers, he's still showing those flashes, right? And that's the only way to successfully, to sustainably be successful in the NFL in 2021, right? The days of winning year after year because you've got a great defense are over. Maybe if you've got a great defense and a competent offense, you can catch lightning in the bottle one year and you can go to the playoffs or maybe even make a deeper run into the playoffs. But that has a very short shelf life. The teams that are in the playoffs year after year after year are the teams with the great quarterbacks. And then you need a defense that can not give up a touchdown every time they're on the field and get turnovers, right? Like you I don't you're not going to win a Super Bowl with an awful defense, right. but you don't necessarily need a top 10 one either, right? Like if if you have playmakers that can get after the quarterback and can you know come up with a big play a couple times a game, right? So I I completely We saw that in uh, last year's Super yeah. Bowl. I mean, as you said, two great quarterbacks, right? Well, I mean, I think it was pretty obvious to everybody that uh, the offensive line of Kansas City was absolutely decimated by injuries yeah. going into that game. And Tampa's defensive line just ate their lunch. Uh, there was, I mean, that was the big, um, the big difference between the two games. Uh, between the two games of each team, right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, both teams, though, solid at receiver. Solid at running back. Actually, maybe even average at running back. I mean, Leonard Fournette is certainly not what he was advertised to be when he came into the NFL. But Chris Godwin, I love that guy. You know, I mean, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, uh, that's that's a deadly duo right there. You know, Um, a good example of that kind of change is the Bengals. You know, um... They added Jamar Chase. That guy is burning it up, you know. Um, Or look at the Cardinals, right? And uh, even though A.J. Green uh, destroyed that win for for the Cardinals over the hated Cheez-Its, um, yeah, that was weird. I know it was it was very strange. But I mean, you know, he's not the focal there, right? Um, but still, very good receiving core out there, right? So that's definitely something that um, hopefully, uh, when we get to the end of the season, that they start to focus on. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's hard to look at the Bears roster and go, you got Mooney and who? Yeah, exactly. I mean. All of the great quarterbacks in this league are surrounded with weapons, right? And typically more than one, the possible exception being Rodgers because the Packers just don't seem to invest in skill positions uh, frequently either. But for the most part... He's made Reggie Cobb look good this year. Yeah. What? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, right? Like, what did we talk about when we were going to play the Bucs? It's that, oh, we've got four receivers that we have to account for on every single play. That's how you surround a elite quarterback with talent. And those are the teams that go far in the NFL. And until the Bears start constructing their roster with that focus in mind, it's just going to be more mediocrity like we've seen, I think. And maybe uh, you catch lightning in a bottle, like I said, and you get to an NFC championship one year, but you're not going to sustainably be there until you start building out your offense more. And I hope that they find a way to do that starting next year, even with more limited cap resources. And then after that, I mean, you've still got two years left of fields on his rookie deal, right? So that's the time to go all in, especially if you can make improvements next year compared to this year. Yeah. um, You know, at the, at the off season, the the big ticket guy will be Roquan Smith. Um, that's the one that you're going to have to uh, really dig deep on uh, because he'll be going into his fifth. Um, and 
you also have to um, start thinking about some of the other guys. You'll staff, you'll need to start thinking about Fields, even though, like you said, mm-hmm. he's got three more years plus his uh, plus his fifth year option, right? But he's going to demand a big a, a big number. I mean, at least at least it appears that way, right? Um, and what do you do with uh, Montgomery? Uh, you know, he. I mean, I think he's been a solid running back. Is he elite? Is he is he great? I don't think either of those words I would use for him. I think he's I think he's solid. I think he is good. I don't think he deserves a big deal though, uh, especially not with Herbert playing the way he is. So um, you, you you got one more year out of him. Yeah, I mean I wouldn't give a running back a big deal. I don't really yeah. care who it is, right? I mean maybe you could make an argument for Derrick Henry, but yeah, you know building around a running back is another way to be mediocre in the NFL, right? Because running backs get hurt and they're very, very fungible. Yeah. Herbert's a great example, right? Like, you can find a guy that can be a successful running back for you. Look at the Ravens. They've lost, like, 25 running backs this year. (laughs) And their offense is still playing pretty well, and they still find a way to run the ball. So you can find that position. That would not be the way that I would allocate resources if I were Ryan Pace. But Ryan Pace... Tends to have a mind of his own yeah. on such things. We'll yeah. see if he's still around to make that decision. I, I think, I hope not, but I kind of get the feeling he will be. <laughs> and yeah, I, I and I agree on that one. I, I think, um, you know, obviously we're going to have to wait until the end of the season to see what happens. Um, uh, so, oh, this uh, brings up something that I did want to talk about, and that is the overall attitude of the team on Sunday. Um, I personally noticed a weight, a visible weight lifted off of that team on Sunday. I'm talking about during the first half. Uh, the second half, you know, was a debacle. But um, but in that first half, I felt like that team was playing with a little bit more spirit, um, a little bit more pep, just a little bit more positive energy, I know that sounds goofy, but the thing is, is that Maggie being gone, I felt like it was it was noticeable. I mean, it was Fields' best game for sure, and it was the game so far that he's looked the most in command, I would say. Yes. Like, he just kind of looked like he was running the offense, it was his show, and is that because Matt Nagy's not there? There's probably no way to say whether or not, right, but... It'll be interesting to be, to monitor because Nagy should be back on Monday against Pittsburgh, and we'll see. I mean, is Fields going to look the way that he did the first few games where it seemed like at points the game was a little bit fast for him, or is he going to look the same way he did this Sunday? It'll be interesting to monitor for sure. You'll never be able to say definitively one way or the other whether Nagy being gone made a difference, but I, I noticed it too. I think everybody did, so it's certainly something to talk about because it was his best game when the coach wasn't there. Right. Um, I just uh, it, it it struck me uh, how prevalent I th- I felt it was through the TV. You know, what I mean, it was, you know, we're not even at the game, and uh, also uh, uh, kudos to um, uh, to um, what's his name the. The coach Tabor, Tabor, right? Chris Tabor uh, for um, really getting fired up in that first quarter. I loved it when the camera showed him, and he was just uh, he was really getting pumped up. You know, uh, that's classic special teams coach. Exactly, exactly. And well, you know, and his dad was such an important part to to Chicago. But um, I think that um, I think it's uh, you know we'll 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 tackle the the whole coaching thing at another time but um some uh some thoughts on uh pittsburgh i actually kind of think the bears might win okay which i haven't said that very I, often on this yeah, podcast I can see that but but what has burned the bears so far this year it's explosive plays mm-hmm. and roethlisberger is cooked man i mean he's not going to be throwing the ball down the field a ton i can't believe he's actually still the head still in the starter there no it's uh Probably a situation where everybody would have benefited if he had walked away. It scares me a little bit. I mean, Najee Harris is really good. We know how bad the Bears have been against the run. But I'm kind of wondering if, you know, Roethlisberger's inability to go downfield can maybe make the Bears key in on stopping the run a little bit more. 
And, you know, I don't think it's going to be a particularly fun game to watch because Heinz Field is a notoriously difficult place to play for rookie quarterbacks in particular. Um, So we might, you know, if the Bears defense can hold the the Steelers down, I mean, we might be looking at a fairly low-scoring game. But I'm kind of hoping that Fields continues to look the way he did this past Sunday. And if he does, I mean, I don't really think the Steelers team is very scary to me. Agreed. Um, I, I want to continue to see uh, Fields, number one, yeah. throwing the ball. Yep. Yes. We want to see him throw the ball. Uh, also, I do want to consider uh, continue to see him run the ball. Designed runs. Yes, he can do those. He was showing some serious speed on some of those runs on Sunday. Um where those things have been, it's not a coincidence, folks. I mean, come on. Uh, Nagy's not there. And suddenly, these two things that we have been yelling about for the last uh, five weeks uh, were suddenly more prevalent in the game, right? Um, and we, and we got to see, see more of that. Um, I, I was loving uh, some of the grip it and rip it uh, uh, short passes, that um, they were uh, they were pulling up for for Fields. Um, I think that that is something that that you know that was 12's bread and butter back in the day, and it was number fours for the for that matter as well. Um, you know those those quick slants, right? They would burn us every single time on for eight yards, right? Oh well, it's only eight. Are you kidding me? It was eight yards on first down. You know, so <laughs> we need that. You know, and. Um, and speaking of which, uh, the metrics show, I read that the metrics show that the Bears, uh, when it comes to allowing yards on first and second and generating yards on first and second are among the worst in the league. I mean, that really stood out to me when I was re-watching the game from Sunday is how easily it seemed like the 49ers were getting into second and three, second and two. And when you do that, it's much easier to get a first down stating the obvious right so you know you you can't you can't allow those big gains on first down I mean yeah it's not an explosive play to get a seven yard run but it sets you up very nicely for the rest of the sequence and then you start over once you get those last three yards right I mean what what you know scares me about this game is we've talked about how the Bears have struggled against elite pass rushers, right? Right. TJ Watt is among the best. Mm-hmm. Um, the Steelers have a couple other guys, and they traded for another pass rusher today. His name's escaping me. But they're going to you know, come after you on Sunday, which is why I think the Bears probably won't get a ton of points because we just know the Bears blocking is just not capable of shutting those guys down the way maybe a more uh, experienced or – well compensated offensive line would be yeah um but yeah i mean that's going to be the key right is cohesion eludes the offensive line still um it's you've got to have that for a good offensive line yeah um any nfl team uh if you look at their offensive line and they've been able to use the same five guys all year they're always they're always a winning team Oh, I mean, it, sure, there's going to be exceptions uh, to the rule. But in general, if you've got the same five guys playing, you've probably got a winning record. And the Bears have definitely shown that, you know. Yeah, I mean, when are we going to see the same five guys playing? Cons- it's, uh, <laughs> it's tough. I mean, the uh, the year that we went to the Super Bowl, um, we had the same five guys yep. all, all year. So, you know, the and yeah, that's that's the tough part is... We really need one of those kids that we took this year to pan out. Uh, I don't, you know, whatever one, it is irrelevant. One of them has to turn out because otherwise um, they're really in it. Uh, I don't know. Uh, between receiver and offensive line, uh, we'll have to see how that how that pans out. And that's, uh, uh, that's talk for another day. But... Um, I do think that the Bears could uh, go in there and surprise. Um, certainly, Fields is expanding his game to the point where he actually is uh, bringing some uh, some elite surprise 
to the defense. Mm-hmm. There was more than a few times uh, on Sunday, and I think that's going to start to we're going to start to see that more. Uh, you hope so, man. I mean, that's that's the hope, right? I mean, if, if Fields continues to develop, the Bears are going to win a couple games here that they're not supposed to. Yeah, I mean. I don't think they're a playoff team. I don't think that they're any good at all, really. But, you know, (laughs) if Fields has that kind of elite game in him somewhere, then the Bears Bears are going to win a couple more at least because of that. I mean, this feels like one of the more winnable ones. On the road is tough. Monday Night Football is tough. But I don't know. I I mean, I I think that it's a more winnable game than maybe people – are giving it credit for. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears hang around and maybe even find a way to win. We'll see. Yeah, um, I think uh, um, also, you know, some of it will come down to uh, who we actually have on the field. Yes. Holy smokes, man. Uh, That that part, with uh, especially with COVID thing, has been just ridiculous. You know, uh, they've... um, I I don't know. I don't know what the, the solution is to that. I just... It's just it amazes me how many players have been out for that for that reason. Yeah, the Bears have had an outbreak on their hands, that's for sure. So hopefully, hopefully we've seen the last of it. Maybe we'll have Mac back. Hopefully Eddie Jackson, and you know, if the Bears are at somewhat full strength, I I, I think this will be a game that. You know, maybe you win, maybe you lose, but I don't think it's going to be as horrible as the other island games that the Bears have been on this year. So, hey, that's progress, right? So, I'm going to pick them for a win. Hey, let's go. Why not? Okay. So, uh, that's another uh, edition of uh, Bears Scat. Thanks uh, very much for joining us. Uh, Make sure to comment on our Twitter uh, so we can uh, hopefully answer some of your questions. or talk uh, during, about you on the podcast. Yeah, d- during the podcast. Uh, and um, uh, uh, I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And yeah, let's get a win on Monday night. Yeah, next week. Thanks. Thanks, guys.